welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Alright, how's your week been? We had a good week? Yeah? You know, some people have had great weeks. Some people have had ordinary weeks. Anybody here with an ordinary week? No? Okay. Yeah, we've got a couple. All right. Some people have had really stressful weeks. You know, there's a bunch of people over in America and around the place that they're not expected to be here today. You know, they've been really stressed out, thinking that the world was going to end, there was nothing going to be here today, and wow, we're here. It's great. All those, all that, I mean, can you imagine their stress levels? There they were yesterday morning, waking up, possibly for the last time, thinking, oh my goodness, this is it. There's nothing left after tonight. How am I going to cope with this? And then they woke up this morning and thought, well, didn't need to worry about that, did I? So, you know, I mean, people stress out about all sorts of things. In fact, I tend to be one of those people. My natural disposition is as a stressor and uh, which is a bit of a problem because a few years ago I found out that I'm actually allergic to stress <laughs> I you know which in my job is a real problem because my most of my job is is sort of problem solving so you know I'm dealt I deal with fairly stressful situations on a regular basis so and I found out I was allergic to stress I was actually away on holiday of all the places to find out you're allergic to stress and um, we were camping, and this was when we, back when we were in business, and we were set up, the kids were all off playing, and we were set up, ready to go, and I'd said to my staff, I said, okay, we have not had a holiday for years, right, and we're biting the bullet, and we're going to Port Hughes, because we didn't want to be too far away, we wanted to be within driving distance, just in case, you know, because remember, hey, I'm a stressor, all right, so... And um, I said to myself, no matter what happens, do not contact me. I don't want to know. If there's a problem, deal with it. Just work through it. Yep, no worries. Okay, we'll be right. Don't worry. You go off. Enjoy your holiday. You'll be fine. Have fun with your family. We were there for oh, maybe half an hour. <laughs> and I got a phone call. I'm not coming. What do you mean? It's one of my key staff. I'm not coming in. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not real good. Right? I'm a little bit sick, but no, next few days, I won't be there. I said, well, okay, just contact someone and you know, work for it. And, no, you do it. Guys, come on, it's been years. So anyway, we worked through the situation, but the whole time we were, you know, those first couple of days really started to stress me. I'm thinking, oh, what's happening back there? You know, and Daryl protected me. Do not ring the shop. Don't you dare, right? You be a good boy, as she does. In fact, I'm so glad she's still here because I was a bit worried tonight that with that umbrella out in the car park that she was going to. I'm telling you, I I, I went out there and she's got this umbrella. I'm thinking it was dragging me along, and I thought, well, she's probably on the other side of Paraka, you know, Para Hills by now. And then when she came in, I was amazed, and so. You know, so she's trying to protect me. And um, the next morning, we wo- I woke up 
And, oh, oh my goodness, I have been seriously attacked by mozzies. From here down, I had what was like what I thought was mozzie bites on both legs. And I'm thinking, oh, great, the mozzies have really been, been active. And of course, there was four of us in the tent, or five of us, and I happened to be the only one with the mozzie bite. Of course, it never clicked. So the whole time we were away. And then when I came back, I found out that they were hives and went through a process of elimination and found out I was allergic to stress, of all things. When you're in business, that's a bit of an issue. So nowadays, I have to make sure I manage my stress levels fairly well, because otherwise I just look like the Michelin man. <laughs> uh, so sort of pop out in hives, <laughs> scratching and itching, and oh, it's just nasty. So I don't like, you know, so I had to work out some ways of dealing with stress. And, and tonight I want to talk about living a stressless life. Not a stress-free life, but a stressless life. Okay, because we're not supposed to live a stress-free life. Because there are some things in life that, that bring us stress. There are some levels of stress that are actually pretty good. I mean, some things like, for example, when it comes to stress, this golf ball, for example. See, I don't know whether you can see it. He's got a little face on there. He's a happy little golf ball. You know, so what happens with a golf ball when you, um, when, it, when you hit a golf ball? Some people are feeling a little stressed about now. When you hit a golf ball, it, you know, when you, when you hold the club right, you know, because you, 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 you've got to wrap your fingers around the club properly and you've got to make sure your thumb's in the right spot and you, and, you know, and you position yourself. When you hit that golf ball correctly, it compresses and at that particular moment is feeling pretty well under stress. And then, as you sort of swing through, like, you know, you just, actually, it's a bit hard to see the hole back there. It's, uh, you know, the, the greens of, I'm not going to do it. Uh, all right. But as you, uh, as that stress is released, the ball moves forward. So that's a, you know, some things, some things in life, are designed to stress us, and God uses stress in some ways. I better put that down there, otherwise I'll trip over it and end up falling over. But <laughs> seems to be the theme of the day anyway, so that's okay. You know, it's no big deal, eh? Although, from what I heard, not that anybody's going to care. All right? So, <laughs> that's right, it's all part of the plan. <laughs> So it's not the stress that's necessarily the problem. It's how we respond to that stress. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. And the title of my message, if you're taking notes, is Be Chilled and Know That I'm God. <laughs> because in Psalm 46 and verse 10, we'll turn to that. And unfortunately, we, sorry, we, we don't have it up on the screen. So if you've got your Bibles with you tonight, turn to Psalm chapter 46. It's great. I tell you what, if anybody ever tells you that the Bible is out of date and irrelevant, tell them to... Serious, tell them where to go. Because this is 
no joke, the most relevant book for the way we live our lives. Okay, and I hope that tonight you see that because we're gonna we're gonna look at some ways of how to deal with some distress in your life. Psalm forty six, and actually I'm gonna read from verse eight because I can. All right, Psalm forty six verse eight says, "Come and see the works of the Lord." The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes the wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Makes me shudder. But then, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. You see, the verse 8 and 9 is the psalmist speaking. And then God interrupts. So in, in amongst all this fire and war and, and all this sort of stuff, and then God intervenes and says, hang on a sec, be still and know that I'm God. If you think I'm using a play on words with be chilled and know that I'm God, you're right. But if this was written today, I reckon that's what it would say. This was written thousands of years ago. And in our language, we say, relax, you know, chill, chill out. And that's what God's saying today here. Because if you look in, I, I did a little bit of research. I'm no Hebrew scholar by any means, but I did some research. And the original Hebrew word for, the, for still here actually means to slacken, relax. It really does mean to chill out. God's really saying right here, he says, in amongst all the turmoil, or in amongst all the mayhem of life, of whatever's going on, just chill out because it's okay. I'm here. Just focus on me. So it's important that we learn how to minimize the effects of negative stress. Because As I mentioned before, there's good stress, there's bad stress. And physical stress is really good stress because we burn through all the the issues, all the the hormones and everything that uh, are created. There's there's two hormones that are released into our body when we we get under stress. And when when we do physical stress, they're burnt out. There's adrenaline and cortisol. And they're burnt away, they're gone. But when we have emotional stress or mental stress and we say those things stay within us and they actually start to cause some problems they uh they've been linked to osteoporosis they've been linked to heart disease they've been all sorts of nasty things so we want to make sure that we don't release those hormones unless we're supposed to and then they get burnt up and do what they're supposed to do all right cool so i want to talk tonight about three things, about three ways of dealing with stress, to how to live a stressless life. And all of those things we can learn are in the Bible. Like I said, the Bible is amazing. It is just so awesome. So I would encourage you to not just take my word for it tonight, but the scriptures that I give you, get in there, take, go home, Open the Bible and look at it and think, wow, yeah, and let it come to life. Let it speak to you. And that's what I pray tonight. Before I go any further, I just want to pray for us. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that your word is relevant today, as it was thousands of years ago, as it will be in thousands of years to come, if we're still here. Lord, you are awesome, you're amazing, and I just pray that you would speak to each of our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty. So the first thing, the first key in... Uh, learning how to live a stressless life is to make sure that we take time out. And, you know, Jesus did this. In fact, you imagine if you were the golf ball. All right, and there you are, sitting on the tee. I couldn't get a tee that would sort of work its way into the stage, so I thought I'd better use a little stall thing. You know, you imagine this golf ball, it gets... And it's sailing, sailing on. If I was a golf ball, I would enjoy the journey. Yeah, there you are, in amongst the, the you know, you've, you've released your stress, sailing through the air. Just have a bit of a look around. This is a, he's a happy golf ball. He's got a big smile on his face. He's a, he would be sailing through the air. Think, whoa, whoa. Look at the lovely trees. Look at the birds. All the wonderful things that God's made. Whee! That's what I would be doing if I was a golf ball. It's probably a good thing I'm not a golf ball because I'd sound a bit silly. But, yes, right, and then go for a swim. That's usually the way I hit it. But, so my golf balls aren't always very happy because they, they don't necessarily go, end up in places where they should. But, that's what we need to do. We need to make sure that we're enjoying the journey. And when we feel those moments of stress, as we're being, feel, sometimes we feel like we're being pushed forward, we're being pushed on to do situations, we might be in situations where we're not comfortable or whatever. But even those moments, as we go through them, as we step through those things, we need to enjoy the journey. And we need to make sure we take time out. In John chapter 6, verse 15. It says, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. <laughs> knowing that they wanted to make him king by force. There's always they in our lives. There's always things that are going to want to put pressure on us. There's always things that are going to try and drive us in a particular drive us in a particular direction. Sorry, a little golfer's joke there. And I'm only a little golfer, so. Um, but there's retailers, advertisers, even friends and family. All people with good intentions that want to drive us in a particular way. But Jesus, at this particular time, when the people, you know, it made sense. I mean, he, was, he came to be king. They recognized that. They had good intentions. They thought, hey, this is a great opportunity. Let's overthrow the Romans. This guy is obviously the king. All right, let's take this opportunity we know that he wants to. We know that, you know, he's, he's the man. Let's just make this happen. And he recognized that. And he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Okay. It's not good, not, not good time. Pressure's on. I just need to take some time out. So he took time out to spend time with someone who would feed him. He went to pray. He didn't take time out to go to the pub. He didn't take time out to go fishing. He's already done that. He didn't take time out to go and hang with his mates. In fact, he actually sent his mates away first. He prepared to take this time out. And he didn't take time out when it was the wrong time to take time out. You see, if you read a few verses before this, the people were coming to him as well. They were pressing into him too, just like they are now. But instead of backing off and taking the time out, he said, actually, they're hungry, let's feed them. See, so at that particular time, it was not right for him to take the time out. But when they started to press in and put pressure on him for him to do something that he wasn't supposed to do, he removed himself and he took the time out. He went and spent time with his father. He went and spent time feeding his soul and chilling. And the reality is that if Jesus needed to do that, so do we. He knew when to push forward and he knew when to chill out. And we need to do that too. He pushed aside the pressures that, were put, that others were putting on him. And sometimes that's really difficult to do. Sometimes it's hard to say no. Sometimes it's hard to actually take time out when the pressure's on. But it's something that we need to do. Like I say, if Jesus needed to do it, so do we. But taking the time out at the wrong time is devastating. Example, when the wife asks you to mow the lawn, and you say, no, I've got to take the time out, I'm going fishing. That's not good timing, guys, sorry. You've got to time it right. Taking your time out at the right time is vital, absolutely vital. So don't be afraid to take the time out and enjoy the journey. Be like the golf ball that's been hitting you. Understand, like, yeah, sure, you've had a whack, right? And you're flying through, you're feeling a little uncomfortable, whatever, you know? But don't be afraid to enjoy the journey. Relax. Ooh, this is good. All right. Take the time out. The second point in making sure we can live a stressless life. And we heard a bit about this this morning, which is really interesting because I think, you know, when something's reiterated time and time again, I think God's trying to tell us something. And this point is that we need to ask for help. When we're feeling stressed, when we're feeling like the pressure is on, we need to ask for help. In Philippians 4, chapter 6, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, sorry. 
says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Ask. God's saying, just ask me. Right? I'm not... I'm not unbending and my ear is not blocked. But you just got to ask. We need to make sure that we don't let pride and fear stop us from asking. Because that generally is what it is. It's usually pride. It's usually pride in the say, oh, I don't need help. I can do this. I mean, my golf game is a prime example I'm really bad, but I'm not as bad as some. But, I just thought I'd throw that in just for... Uh, but the reality is that I even... I, I learned a bit from the Wii. You know, the, 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 the Nintendo Wii about the, the stance. You know, and I thought, oh yeah, just without even holding the club. Now, I didn't necessarily need to ask the Lord of Wii how to do it. But it's the same. You know, for, for me... To look at a machine, you know, this, this TV screen and think, oh, yeah, well, it's just a game. I'm not going to learn anything from that. That would be pride. And I could have missed out on improving my golf, golf game by having so much pride that I wasn't willing to accept the advice that was being given to me. And it's the same in life where... We're so uncomfortable to ask for help. We always feel like we can do this on our own. But we can't. God never intended us to do it alone. God never wanted us to do life alone in any stage at all. Sometimes people let fear stop them from asking especially when it comes to God. Because they have a concept of who God is. They think that if they ask, oh, it's being selfish. If I ask for help, it's selfish and, and God doesn't care about me. Why would he care about me? You see, oh, I, you know, God's just this. It's like a giant chess player. Moving the pieces around and I'm just one of those pieces, one of those pawns, you know. Thank you, Lord. You know, this is the impression that people, you know, and they, oh, I've just been taken out by another, by the knight. A knight who say knight? No. All right. And, and they have this concept that that's what God's like. And, and we're just pawns in his game. There's a big difference, though. You see, in a game of chess, you sacrifice the pawns to save the king. God sacrificed the king to save the pawns. And we should, we should never be afraid in the sense of that, that too scared to ask. Too scared to come before his throne and say, Lord, help me because I can't do this on my own. He asks us to, he tells us to, he commands us to. And the reality is that it's so much easier to ask 
when we know who we're asking. So I would encourage you tonight that if you don't know the God who I'm talking about, if you don't know him, who, who do I ask? If you're sitting, who is this God that you're talking about and how do I ask him? I would encourage you to, tonight, before you leave here, before another moment goes, before another night passes, before another day goes by, make sure you get to know him. Make that decision. Say, I'm going to get to know this God that he's talking about before I walk out of this place tonight. Too many people turn to the wrong things to ask for help. They look for help at the the bottom of a bottle or at the end of a needle or in the arms of another man or woman. That's not where the answer is. It's not the right place to ask for help. Ask God. He will help. He's right there. And with his arms wide open saying, just ask me. Don't wait till it's too late. Way too many of us live our lives like we drive our cars. Much happier to ring the RAA and ask for help when the car breaks down than to actually take our cars in for service and make sure that they don't break down. Did you know that over 2,000 people in Australia every year commit suicide? 2,000. And you know what the really scary thing is? Apart from that, that's a big big number. 78% of them are men. Why? Because we're hopeless at asking for help. We are really bad at asking for help. And we've got to get better. 78% of 2,000 people. I'm a dreadful mathematician, so I've got no idea how many that is, but it's a lot. (laughs) Right? It's a lot. So many people, those people, those 2,000 people are like the golf ball that gets lost in the rough. Like when I hit a golf ball and they get lost in the rough and they're not crying out for the help. He can't. He just sits there. No one's ever going to find me. Nothing I can do. That's what my golf balls do. Because they just lost in amongst the rough. In amongst the rough of life. In amongst the, the mayhem and the chaos and the stress of life. And they feel like there's nobody that cares. No one is going to pull them out. No one's going to find them. Well, I tell you what, that the Bible is not the story of our search for mankind. The Bible is the story of the search of God for man. All right? Because if you feel like you're a golf ball that's stuck out in the rough and nobody's ever going to find you, nobody's searching for you because nobody cares, let me tell you that God is searching for you. He is searching so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth, to get out of heaven, to come down, and he's searching in the rough. He's looking in the bushes, and he's looking for you, and he's looking for me. And all he's saying is, come on, come home. Oh, nearly cried. That'd be so unlike me. 
Hey. Guys, got it all together. Ah. Whew. No stress. Uh, yeah. Hey. Believe me, I'm not emotional over a golf ball. But I am emotional over the lives and souls of people that God is searching for. And I tell you what, if you're not emotional over that sort of thing, then there's a problem. <laughs> you know, Jesus came to die for us. We, we, it's okay for us to get emotional. It's okay to care. God's a good God. Ooh. Ha, ooh, that's a bit nasty, isn't it? <laughs> Note to self, don't sniff with your hand over your mouth with a microphone on the side. Not good. He's done it again. Hey? All right. Wow. Ah. All right. Number three. Moving on. So we got take time out. Number one. Ask for help. Number two. Number three is do what you're called to do. Don't hold back. Do what you're called to do. Called, called to do. Romans 12, verse 6 to 8. Chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 6, Romans says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. We are all called to do something every one of us in this room we're called to do something we are called with a purpose and we should be living out that purpose we should be doing something but this is not an excuse to not do what we're not called to do you might feel like you're called to do a specific thing, but there may be times when you have to do something else. You might need to work out in the car park and get blown away to the other side of the city. You might need to stack chairs, vacuum floors, clean toilets, whatever. Might not be what you're called to do, but it needs to be done. Those things, because there's a greater purpose. There's a bigger purpose, and it's it's not about us. Sorry, but it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about reaching people. It's a bigger picture. Sometimes we just got to get in there and do what we're not called to do. But day in, day out, it's important that we do what we're called to do. Because it makes us come alive. There's so many people that are doing jobs that, or aiming for jobs that they're not really, that's not them. It's not, their heart's not in it. 
John, El- John Eldridge once said, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive. Because what the world needs is men who have come alive. See, when we're alive, when we're doing what we've called to do, we will change this world. My beautiful wife, who is absolutely gorgeous, by the way, I love her. All right. And she's still here. She's not been blown away, as I mentioned before. Still amazes me. I, I, I'm actually really struggling with getting, you know, coming to terms with that. And um, not that I was hoping. Or that sounds bad, doesn't it? That sounds like I was, you know, sort of wishing her away. No. Right. But for years, when we were in business and she was doing the books, she was looking after things, and she was really good at that. No problems. But then when we sold the business and she went off to, to uni to become a nurse, and there was something that happened. There was a recognition of that's what she was called to do. There's always been a burning desire in her heart to be a nurse because she cares about people. And there was something there. And what she was doing, she had to do what needed to be done. You know, she had to help me look after the business. It's just the way it was. Whether she liked it or not. And she didn't. (laughs) But... When she started nursing, something came alive. And even on her worst days, when she comes home and she's upset because she's had to sit there and just hold somebody's hand as they passed away. That's all she was allowed to do. She comes home, but there's still, and as upset as she is or whatever, there's an element that she's alive. Some of you young people, as you're, you're being pushed in directions that you don't necessarily want to go, because there's something inside of you that wants you to go in a particular direction from a, a work point of view or study point of view. I would encourage you to follow your heart because the Bible says that God gives us the sacred desires of our hearts. God places those sacred desires in our hearts. God places those giftings in us. The Bible says so. We need to follow those dreams. I'm not talking about going off and becoming a professional golfer. I mean, if I did that, my family would starve. It's not going to happen as much as I would love to. It's a dream of mine. I would love to be... I was, was going to say Tiger Woods, but that's probably a little uh, wrong. I don't want to be Tiger Woods. I, but I want to be the best me that I can be. I want to be the best me that God has made me. And I want to do what God has called me to do, because that's what makes me come alive. And that's what we need to do. So if you're feeling a little stressed in life, make sure you take time out. Make sure you ask for help. Don't don't hold back and ask the right people for help. Ask the right God for help. (laughs) And do what you've been called to do. Find out what you're called to do 
And if you can't work out what you're called to do, just do something. Just don't sit back and think, oh, waiting. One day, one day someone's going to hit me. All right? One day. We can't live our lives like golf balls. It's not what we're called to do. It's not why God made us. I'm going to hand back over to Tony. Now, I just encourage you to, please, start living your life and enjoy. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.